Welcome to Conspiracy What? I'm Allie. That's Cameron being a giant dick bag. Welcome to Conspiracy and What? I'm Cameron. <laughs> you might remember the voice that we have with us today because he helped us do Hollow Earth. Yeah, I'm a resident space expert. And I'm so pleased with that. What's so pleased to be time? back. We'll just go with Robert Telly. Okay. Robert Telly. Robert Telly. Yep, there we go. Robert Telly. Also, if you don't know him, that means you probably don't listen to our other podcast, which you should do. What are you doing? Go listen to it. Not now. After this. Oh, yeah. Go listen to it. We also do another podcast, The Three of Us. So if you actually like the way The Three of Us sound, you can listen to Attack of the 50-Foot Podcast, where we make fun of movies. Because All suck. the best movies. All of the best movies. <laughs> so. Anyway, we're talking about the moon landing today and how it didn't happen. The infamous moon landing that happened or didn't happen in, in. 1969 and a few years after a couple of times. When did it end? Was it 74? 72. Oh, 72. Yeah. 72, right after the Vietnam War, because we didn't need it anymore. Anyway, getting into the conspiracy, uh, what do we have with the actual moon landing before we get into the conspiracy, right? We have that three astronauts went to the moon, two of them were on the moon, one of them got to float around the moon and be just out of reach. And that is what our government claims. You probably know that already. I hope you know that already. And it was one of the most monumental events in human history because we finally broke free of our tiny little blue marble. It was good. It was important. It was an Agreed. American victory. It was. Or was Although it? at that point, it was more like, I think it was a big deal because we had promised to do it. Um, whereas like every, uh, like there had already been men in space orbiting by the time um, President Kennedy said, we're going to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to do the other things. That's my favorite part of that line. We go to the moon and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because it is hard. Yeah, no, he promised and he basically created this ridiculous timeline to get to the moon, especially at the time was a little bit ridiculous. I mean, NASA had only existed for what, roughly three, four years at that time? It was created in 1958 by Eisenhower. Um, Not to already be nitpicking, there was like a predecessor to NASA. Yeah. um, uh, NACA. NACA, yes, um, that was uh, established a little bit earlier. Like we'd been trying to get into space and studying it for a while, but no one really cared until yeah. uh, you know in the fifties when we started to get a little nervous about some of our neighbors. Right. I think what we didn't know is that we had the wrong letter in there. Just add the S, you can get to space. NASA does flow a lot better. It than does. NACA. It sounds better than NACA. <laughs> NECA sounds like an insult. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I think one of the, the biggest points in history at this time was we were at the height of the Cold War and in the middle of a space race. And Russia was our biggest contender at the time, who was also apparently trying to get to the moon. And they had already achieved in getting Sputnik, um, which is a satellite, right? Mm-hmm. Into yes. space before we did. And we had also gotten a, or no, not we, uh, The Russians got the first man in orbit, I think. Yes, Yuri Gagarin. And so they were already like way the fuck ahead of us. First man and woman, actually. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. First dog as well. 
first dog. It was, it was a pair of dogs. Actually, it was two dogs. They set two dogs in the space. Really? I was only aware of the one. Yeah, I read that it was like Etta and Shredda or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, they sent two dogs in and we sent a chimp. Yeah. But they had already had like a foot way in the door and we hadn't done shit. Did the, did the dog capsules have windows or did the dogs never get to know that they went to space? Huh, they went on the best car ride ever <laughs> and they might not have ever known it. I don't know if they could even process what space is. I'm also pretty sure they died. No, they lived. They lived. The chimp and the dogs lived. Yeah. The the chimp lived? I could have sworn that Laika died. I read that the first animal that the Russians sent to space died. They sacrificed that one. But what I read is that the second time they sent an animal, it survived. We did our research, we swear. Ah. But... Uh, there's there are multiple schools of thoughts when it comes to the moon landing being fake. Um, one of the important things here is that there are some people that are of the belief that the first moon landing was fake, and then there are people that believe that all of the moon landings were fake. I feel like it's a very important difference because I think there. I mean, like in researching it, I will say there are more discrepancies with the first one than if you continue down the line. So are we going to talk mm-hmm. about all six or should we just say right now we're just talking about the first one? Mostly I think we're focusing on the first one. We're just kind of focusing on the idea of a moon landing in general, though. I think the majority of what we found focuses on the idea that we have never been to the moon um, or that no human ever has. Uh, but just as a point, it is a very important point that there are some people that very much believe that the first one was fake and that the rest of them were real, but that they rushed the first one, pretended like it was real to basically what, win the space race, right? When the yeah, beat the Russians sort of imaginary space race that kind of is a whole thing with the Russians as well. Um, we'll get into that as well. But um, some of the other basics here. One of the biggest ones, one of the most famous ones, is that Stanley Kubrick filmed this movie. Yeah, um, there were two separate um, versions of this. One was the Stanley Kubrick one, and then there's a later movie called Capricorn One, which mm. used. Um, uh, which had very similar footage to the moon landing. And people looked at it and said, like looked at uh, Capricorn one and 2001, a space odyssey and said, Hey, look, why do these look so much like the moon landings? Uh, it, it must be fake when it's actually kind of a reverse. Uh, the reason it looks so much like the moon landings is because they used those as a um, like br- blueprint when they were cr- designing the sets. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that one because there is a lot that goes into Capricorn 1, actually. Um, I actually found an interview with the producer on it, and there's a lot of interesting stuff that he had to say kind of about his ideas with Capricorn 1 and the moon landing. So, um, but yeah, uh, and then on top of that, uh, we have what, uh, roughly, so I heard different numbers. It's either, it's somewhere between 5 to 20% of Americans believe the moon landing was faked, which is a very broad scheme. But yeah, I, I found three different things that said 20, and I found a whole bunch of other things that said 5. So I don't think 5 is more plausible than... <laughs> um, the, it is actually more popular when you leave the United States, though. As you get out of the States, you find a lot more people who believe that the moon landing was a hoax because we're the only country to make it to the moon. So... That is another school of thought there. That makes sense. And I had also read something. I wasn't totally certain on the source, so maybe I shouldn't be bringing it up, but I did read something somewhere where it's more than half of Russians believe that we faked it specifically so that we could beat them to the moon Yeah, for the propaganda purposes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's unfair. Your research doesn't have to be that legit. This is a conspiracy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, Reddit is a viable source for this. 
Reddit's always a viable source because it's the conspiracy <laughs> theorists arguing with each other. So that's what makes Reddit great. By this point in the 50s, the Cold War was at its peak. Um, it really wouldn't die down again until the early 90s when the USSR collapsed. Um, we were uh, concurrently developing space programs. Uh, the Mercury program, which has put the first few people in space, Alan Shepard, and I always forget the second guy's name. Um, yes, okay. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the USSR was making greater and greater leaps. And actually, their rockets were able to lift something like four times the amount of our best rocket, like even later. Um, their strength was 100% technological. They had like a, the design of the rocket down to a point where um, it was relatively easy for them to get into orbit while we were still struggling to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely beating the U.S. in every sense of the idea of like getting into space. I mean, they also did the first spacewalk, which was a disaster, uh, but they did do it. Um, and I mean, just... Everybody was afraid that Russia pulling ahead technologically meant that Russia was going to pull ahead in terms of um, a nuclear sense as well. Actually, a lot of people were afraid that what their plan was was to put a missile base on the moon, which I've always found funny because if they launch a missile from the moon, I think we'd have time to find out. I would think. Yeah, I mean, it takes three days more or less to get from the moon to Earth. Right. So we would have been able to see it, maybe not do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch our own demise. Well, that's a missile. <laughs> Fuck us. I mean, you'd at least know, which is... It's also, I think, important to point out that very little of, like, the paranoia of the Cold War actually followed any kind of logic. Um, oh, yeah. For a, for a different reason the other day, I was looking into the Russian space shuttle. This is well after, this is kind of a tangent. Um, but they basically made their own space shuttle because they thought we were secretly building ours to be a military thing, even though there was mountains of evidence to prove that it wouldn't be able to fire a single weapon or drop any bombs while it was flying. Like this was a time of extreme paranoia and like everybody lying to each other and, uh, expecting the worst case scenario which at this point was total global annihilation well i mean to be fair people had just watched two cities go up in flames so like nothing anyone had ever seen before Mm. i mean literally had just watched japan go up underneath two nuclear bombs yeah and i mean we did it and we were terrified of that happening yeah exactly so there was a lot of paranoia and there was a lot of lying happening yeah nobody really knew what the fuck was going on so why not make up your success well and i think it was it's one of those things where you kind of get into the like the state of everybody here and i think the space race kind of became the end all goal for the cold war is i don't think anybody was ever going to blow each other up i think they were close but i think both sets knew that it meant destruction for them as well so, ergo, you have the Cold War. But winning in the space race puts you ahead as a country. And, exactly. It's I mean, prestigious. It's, it's technological. Uh, you get to 
air quotes win without resorting to any weapons of mass destruction. And your country goes in the history books of every other country because it's such a monumental event. But if you if we kind of fast forward here, so obviously we got people into the moon, we got uh, Russians did a spacewalk. Their spacewalk was did not go well, as I said. Um, they actually had their astronaut's suit, uh, had like a leak or something like that, and he could barely move. He managed to survive, but it was very, very, like a slim chance that he had to survive that. Um, yes. Um, a little uh, story I heard about that was that his, uh, like the pressure inside his suit was building. Yeah. So the suit was puffing up and he couldn't fit through the airlock. Yeah. So oh, he actually shit. had to like undo the pressure seal to let some of it out so that he could get into the the ship again. Yeah. And it ended up being like what I read is it ended up being a last minute consideration because nothing else they could try would work. So yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it'd be horrifying. (laughs) And he was by himself too. Yep. So I mean, there's you. You have no one else. It's just you. Yeah. Um, No, thank you. But uh, what we have then too is the U.S. doing their own set of things. Uh, As we said, we we sent someone we sent someone to space, and then the second person we sent to space kind of ends up being one of the more important people when we go into this conspiracy here. Uh, And as we said before, his name is uh, Gus Grissom. Gus Grissom was the second man for America, specifically, to go into space. Uh, And he was kind of a different person. He's actually one of the reasons uh, why a lot of people believe in this moon landing hoax. He is kind of, if you look at it, uh, the forefather almost of the moon landing hoax, even though he was the head commander on uh, Apollo 1. I was which, gonna say this is the Apollo One guy, right? Yeah, this is the commander of the Apollo One. Um, but Grissom had already had kind of a troubled history with NASA. It sounds like they really didn't get along necessarily. He was a little more brash, a little more honest. He did things like call, like he did publicity stunts, like calling in news reporters to talk about what was actually going on, even though he wasn't supposed to say anything. So he was very much not what NASA wanted. They didn't like him, it didn't sound like, uh, and yet he was still heading up the Apollo 1. Um, he was just really outspoken. He was very outspoken. So he would make comments, I guess, that things weren't going right, or like um, he had made multiple comments before that this isn't working, how are we supposed to get to the moon if we can't even do a test right, Right, but <laughs> before getting into, even before him becoming commander of Apollo 1, uh, what was it, AS-204, I think, before it was Apollo 1, um, but before even becoming commander with that, he actually almost died in another accident. In, the, uh, in his return from being the second man to go into space, on the Mercury slash Liberty Bell 7, uh, he actually crash landed after the hatch door blew off in this whole ordeal. And this is kind of where the hoax really starts. This is kind of the main important part of the hoax because you have someone who Grissom is outwardly opposed to a lot of NASA's goals, like getting to the moon by the end of the 60s. So the Liberty Bell came in, uh, the door, the hatch door is obviously not supposed to open on re-entry. Uh, it did for some reason it malfunctioned NASA blamed him they said he didn't follow protocol they said that he did nothing that they asked that they asked him to do Uh, and then not only did the hash door blow off but then obviously he crashed uh, into the ocean and then he was told to stay inside of the Liberty Bell as the thing was sitting in the ocean but instead he jumped out in his 22 pound suit and decided to completely disobey orders again Well, the problem here 
is that has is eventually an internal investigation was done. Uh, NASA was found to be at fault. It was a faulty mechanism in the hatch door. Um, it was not pilot error, like they had consistently said. And they had they had sworn it was pilot error. They wanted it to be his fault and not a faulty mechanism. But it ended up being a faulty mechanism. Uh, and had he stayed inside the Liberty Bell 7 like they commanded him to do, he would have died because he would have sunk with it. It sunk to the bottom of the floor. It was not recovered until the 90s. So there's this is the reason why this Conspiracy. starts off this hoax is because NASA didn't seem to like him. And yet we have what seems almost like an attempt on his life where they're consistently giving him orders that are against what he should be doing or they're trying to blame something on him that is not his fault. I think what really actually sparked the whole conspiracy with him is the actual test run that blew up. So they were doing like a full scale test for Apollo 1, right? Right. And so there's the three of them in the test pod, right? And I guess there's some, there happens to be all kinds of problems. One of the first things that they run into is that he can't, like communication is spotty. And that's when he makes that comment, like if we can't communicate between buildings, how are we supposed to go to space? Yeah. And so he's, he's talking shit already. And then I guess the problem was that, so they were, they have pure oxygen in there, which is what they have to breathe. And there was supposedly a exposed or afraid wire or something that ignited the entire fucking thing and it burnt all of them to death. Yeah. Which fucking sucks. And this was a pre-flight test as well. So this was, they were supposed, this was 1967. They were supposed to go to the moon. Very soon. I mean, I mean, this was like a, a full-scale test. Yeah. So, like, they were supposed to be ready to go. And the Apollo program was actually very briefly, de- like, delayed because of it. Um, there were several hearings uh, at uh, at which point the NASA director at the time basically ended up saying the reason why this happened was f- like unforeseen circumstances. We didn't even think that because the um, the fire in the cockpit. Um, started sucking in the pressure, they weren't mm-hmm. able to open the hatch door. So they never thought about a fire happening at like sea level air pressure. Um, and since then, all of the doors open the opposite way because of the Apollo 1 fire. Oh. And um, and it, like the biggest thing with this fire here is like we said, he was in protective custody. Uh, there had already been what hoaxers believe to be a first attempt on his life, right? Um, which, you know, it could just be a malfunction or whatever. It does look weird when there's a second thing that happens, though. And he had actually just done one of his impromptu press conferences uh, the same week that this happened. So... Or he was talking more shit. Yeah, and the problem... He even hung, uh, which this was uh, something back in the 60s, he hung a lemon on a hanger from the door to show that it was a piece of junk, which is something that they did in the 60s, I guess, which I think is fun. But... This is, he did all of this stuff. NASA very much didn't seem to want him. And then he kind of just goes down with his crew, but in what seems like a strange mishap. Since it wasn't even an actual flight, it was just a pre-flight test. And, you know, NASA obviously says it was an accident. They're obviously going to say it was an accident. It is definitely something that people use as kind of a leaping off point for how NASA has hidden things already and why this project was so important to them that they would do something like that. Because in his press conference, he had said that he did not think at the time, which was, again, they were just about to take off. I mean, they were ready to go to send these three to the moon. 
And he had just said that the technology was still not there to send them to the moon. He had just done a press conference doing that, which is a big thing for the lead astronaut to say. It's a troubling thing to say. I think this is another one of those instances, like in conspiracies, where people assume the government just murders people that they don't like. Um, I think we've mentioned the the term suiciding before. Yeah. Where the government just fakes an accident to kill you off, basically, without putting any blame on anyone other than yourself. So I guess this this is where NASA starts doing that <laughs> to cover up the fact that we actually kind of suck in the Cold War. Well, and it, it kind of shows, like, it, it creates this distrust with NASA, right? Which is kind of a problem for everything going forward is people no longer trust NASA to tell the complete truth because they don't necessarily believe that Grissom was killed in an accident. And it, I mean, it was big news. And also it should be noted that Grissom's family still does not believe he was killed in an accident. They said that he had constantly talked about how worried he was about the, about the moon landing and about the rocket taking off. He said the systems weren't there, that they weren't doing enough security checks and safety checks. He was worried about all of these things. He was very outspoken about all of it. And they, they themselves don't believe it was an accident. But it's one of those kind of sad events because this kicked off our Apollo program with Apollo 1 until we finally get to Apollo 11. But which is where all the shit happens. <laughs> which is which is the big stuff. So I mean so we move from 1969 to 19 I mean 1967 to 1969 where NASA's back and ready to go. Only two fucking years later. 2 years later, mm-hmm. uh three new astronauts though. I think they went through two other sets of astronauts, didn't they? They didn't they didn't kill them or anything or they didn't die or whatever, but <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they went through two more sets who oh, I just tested some more and blew a couple up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, not all of the Apollo missions flew. I'm realizing this was something that I should really have looked into beforehand. Um, uh, not all of them actually flew. There definitely was, it wasn't until Apollo eight that they actually put the craft in orbit. I think nine and 10, were just trips around and back to the moon. Yeah, I know 10 was for sure, yeah. Um, and then Apollo 11 was the uh, first crewed spaceship to land humans on the moon, allegedly. So essentially, July 7th, uh, 1969, uh, the Apollo 11 takes off attached to a Saturn V rocket and uh, takes three days to get to the moon, at which point part of the module separate Uh, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong go down onto the moon's surface, land successfully, although they did overshoot their landing zone by several miles, and uh, were able to descend onto the aircraft, step onto the surface. We all know the famous phrase, uh, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Um, Cam, I know you want to talk about how he flubbed the line by forgetting an article. He did flub the line. Uh, he was supposed to say, he had a script. Uh, he was supposed to say that is one giant step for a man and one giant step for mankind. I just think that's funny because I think it's funny he had a script. I think it's weird that he had a line of dialogue he was supposed to say coming out of that. Like everybody had prepared, like was there a writer's room for it? Everybody oh, just yeah. came up with this one line. It's like in the entertainment industry where you got like 17 people on like three lyrics of a song. But we should drop back a little bit though because there is a big thing. um, There's two big things that happen. One, right before they actually take off 
uh, and two, the actual landing itself. The first one is the fact that the day before they were supposed to take off, I believe it was the day or like the week before or something like that, uh, they find out that Richard Nixon has recorded, pre-recorded. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, he has pre-recorded <laughs> a video message in case they die on the moon, which was thought to be the most likely thing that was going to happen, actually. In case they like couldn't get back, he already pre-recorded a redre- an address yep. that said, hey, I'm sorry to say that they all the, they're all fucking dead. Yeah, that, not and quite. <laughs> not quite that. Uh, That's exactly but, what the president said <laughs> in the recording. Uh, but it is actually available publicly to see the recording now. It wasn't it wasn't released uh, for quite a while because America didn't want to admit that they had pre-recorded that. Uh, but the astronauts were told because they were told that there was a very unlikely chance they were going to make it back. Uh, it's supposedly one of the things that drove Buzz Aldrin to drinking uh, afterwards, which I can see why if you're about to take off in a rocket that hasn't exactly been the most successful venture in the world and they're telling you that we've already recorded your death video, Good luck. Have fun. That would be highly unfortunate to hear. Um, But then we also have, and this is from the people in mission control from NASA from that day, uh, the, the problematic moon landing itself, which is the fact that the computer malfunctioned, they overshot the landing. And not only that, they had to take over the controls manually, which became a huge issue because Armstrong had not had a good history of trying to land the the um the lunar module manually. Well, they so like the rocket was actually supposed to have a mechanism that landed it. Yes, uh, there there is there was a sort of autopilot, but the um from what I understand, and uh, to actually taking a step back for a second, one thing that I found looking into a lot of this was I kept finding contradictory evidence and accounts. People saying things one way or another, but one thing that I thought was the case was that while like there were several automatic functions of the craft, that the um, that the lunar lander was specifically designed so that a human could land it with joysticks. It's so that's I mean I found the same thing too. Have you seen the videos of Armstrong trying to land it on Earth? They did tests of the manual landings. He almost died. Uh, is that the video you were talking about where like he just kind of moves a little bit and the whole thing flips? And this is the <laughs> this is where the conspiracy comes in again is they claim that that story where he lands it perfectly on Earth, there's not actually video footage that he was ever, ever able to land it. I mean, on the moon. Uh, there's not video footage he was ever able to land it successfully in a test run on Earth. Uh, if NASA has it, they didn't release it, which is weird because they're supposed to. And what they did release is one of the almost biggest disasters that they had had so far where Armstrong is controlling the module on earth and he's doing a test land of it. And he says that he flinches slightly to the side. And when he flinches slightly to the side, what you can see in the video is that the whole thing just rotates and it goes out of control completely. And it's just from a slight movement. He completely rotates the thing and he had to eject. They said, had he ejected one second later, he would have gone up with the, module so this is where test on earth yeah and that's just a test on earth and this is where conspiracy theorists say there's two guys in this module now and they have to scramble to even take the manual controls which that's that comes yeah more specific okay well that's what i'm saying (laughs) with the moon landing conspiracy theorists say now you have buzz aldrin and armstrong who are in a different like they're in a different type of gravity so they're you know they're working with something they haven't quite with the module and now there's two who have to scramble when the system doesn't work properly 
And they're saying in that scrambling, they find it odd that neither of them shifted it the wrong direction, which means they would have had to be completely still to not budge that module improperly. And at the same time, he would have had to land it. And this is where they come in and they have the conspiracy of he wouldn't, he shouldn't have been able to land it. Therefore, it comes down to more of like the heroic story to make Armstrong look more heroic at the end of the day. I yeah. want to point out before we get into all this that I find this conspiracy really weird because like generally with, mo- with most things that we talk about on here, you can usually find a lot of sources that at least like entertain the idea. Like Time Magazine has a conspiracy section where somebody will just like you know give you the basics of a conspiracy which is usually where i start just to get like here's all the shit that people say about this and why this is supposed to be true right but the moon landing is really weird because almost everything you find is like really defensive about it they're like oh the people that believe in this are like total fucking idiots yeah it's like a personal attack offensive type of thing it's 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 really weird trying to research this because Everything is like, but that's really dumb. I don't know. I just, I just think it's easier usually to find things that are for the conspiracy. I don't know if it's a patriotism thing or like what the deal Yeah, is I here. think it's um, something to do with that age range of the people who are probably writing those pieces now who, like the, the moon landing was the closest thing we ever had to a, a cultural zeitgeist. Like pretty yeah. much everybody saw it on TV. It was a huge moment for America everyone's so like proud of it i can imagine a lot of people like being reacting viscerally to even the suggestion that it was faked it's just like even with the the main sources that i start with like the time conspiracy one was even making snide comments like all the way through the the article like oh well like the the conspiracy theorists say that uh the Moon landing was faked because of the the whole flag thing, right? Because there's no wind on the moon and yet it was wobbling in the wind or whatever. And then it it made a comment right after that, like, not like we don't have any actual moon rocks on Earth, you know? And like, it was just like that whole thing just was debunking itself on a source that is supposed to just talk about the conspiracy. Yeah. And I found... um... I also found NASA kind of does the same thing. I read a lot of NASA articles NASA for this. Is really defensive and they're very awkwardly defensive, mean. which is, it's fine because they did it. And I would understand if they were just always like that. But the problem I have with the moon landing with this one, the one thing I think is really odd, and we'll get into like more of what's going on with this. But the one thing I will say is really odd is I've seen the difference with how NASA reacts with flat earthers compared to how NASA reacts with the moon landing. And <laughs> yeah, with flat earthers, they, they just are like, "No, this they, is why you're wrong." They try to explain it Let calmly. Let me explain the science. Yeah, and they try <laughs> to show they they try to show a little understanding for why people might be confused. They don't like uh, try and put out any personal attacks on any of those people. But with the moon landing, completely different personality from NASA. They are very not just defensive, but they're also offensive. Like they are attacking people who believe that the moon landing is fake. It's just, it's weird to see one set of people with two different frames of thought, depending on the conspiracy, which flat earthers, they're very, you know, obviously both sides, they're very much the moon landing happened. Flat earth is not real. Uh, It's a sphere, but it's just weird to see how they react with one or the other. I think I find it odd because it's not like the flat earthers are any different than the moon landing conspiracists. Oftentimes, actually, they're the same people. 
Which is I, I honestly think it comes down to like uh, almost a how dare you mentality. Exactly. Like, that's, that's look what at it how like. much we put into this. Look at how much like time and effort. Look at all the people who sacrificed their lives um, for this or like were willing to sacrifice their lives. There was actually a, um, for reasons that we will get to, um, in like the early 2000s, NASA commissioned someone to write a book essentially debunking each one of the points that we will get to, but eventually didn't release it because they felt it would uh, lend credence to their uh, conspiracy. Like by releasing something and actually acknowledging, no, there are people out here who thinks this and it's wrong, they're actually going to strengthen the other side's argument. Yeah, but it's just, it's strange because usually like the, the conspiracy theorists put up sites and yeah. make sure their theory is known and it's just, it's harder to find that with this one. Yeah. Maybe it's NASA paying off the internet to delete it. And we'll definitely kind of dun, look back dun, around dun. this at the end of what is probably going to be a two-parter for this one. Um, but Welcome to part let's, one. But let's go back into the moon. Let's go to the actual touchdowns. We talked about how Armstrong had take over manually. Wait, wait, wait. And let's just talk about the evidence. Well, that's what I was going to say. Each little piece of evidence. We're going to go into the evidence and start with the landing part, okay? Right. Like we need some structure. I was going to say, so we have the touchdown. We know about Armstrong's difficulty landing it, the heroic story. Whichever side you're on there, either it's terrifying because you believe the moon landing happened, or it's just this made-up heroic story to make the moon landing seem all this more enthralling. Uh, but this is where, like you were just saying, Allie, it gets dense. So just know that, everyone listening. Get out your <laughs> notebooks. Unlike a lot of conspiracies, there are a lot of little tiny details in this one. That this are is hard where to it gets nitpicky. It's super so. nitpicky and super dense. We should talk about the blast crater first. Mm. Okay, so. Robert, tell us about the blast crater. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so one thing that um, uh, conspiracy theorists point to about the um, landing and taking off of the lunar lander is why wasn't the um, like the uh, descending rockets blasting away the air, the the dust on the moon? Mm -hmm. And the thing was, it did, but not very much because the um, the weight of the lander was so slight in the moon's gravity that they didn't need that much thrust to slow them down. They were mostly like uh, the energy that they were carrying was mostly from the orbit around the moon that they had put themselves into. They just had to descend and, and like slowly enough to be able to land softly. And uh, I have seen, like there is actual footage that was released from the landing. Like there's a camera mounted right up, right beside the landing gear. Yeah. And you can see how slowly it's drifting down. So they're cons consistently firing those thrusters to slow it down, but it's not doing very much. Yeah. yeah. And I think where that gets weird is the fact that their footprint impressions are like so deep. And so it's like, there's no impressions from this giant thing landing. And yet these people who weigh, I don't know what percentage less, what's your weight on the moon? Uh, I think it's one third about. One third? Okay. Yeah. So like a 30 pound, I guess that would just be me. <laughs> um, I can't do the math in my head right now, but a third of a weight of a human stepping on a fucking moon. Just say they weighed 180 pounds, they weighed 60 pounds, just as an example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Doing math for example. me. 
Um, they leave this like pretty deep impression with just their foot. And yet the lunar lander could not leave anything. And there isn't even any dust on the legs or on the, the little, um, I guess, feet. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the little feet things on the end. And they even have like a, um, it's like a bowl shape almost like it should have been able to collect dust if it had been blasted up and then settled back down over them. Yeah, and that's one of the arguments is when you look at the footage, because obviously we have footage from this. Um, we don't have the original footage, which is another problem. But uh, All of this is another problem. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at the footage, what a lot of people say is when you see that dust being kicked up in the air, um, you're, you're seeing how it kind of spreads out and it falls back down. And, what the, and like you can see some of it going up and then falling back down. But you don't have that with the module. Instead, what you have are these perfectly clean legs and again, these pools, these bowl shapes at the bottom of the legs that should have taken in some kind of dust. That's what I just said. But there's nothing. <laughs> but I was just explaining why, because it's because of the of the the video footage that they that they think that. Yeah. Because you see how the dust reacts compared to how it didn't react with the thing. Uh, like you said, Robert, there is a difference in the way thrust was working. Uh, one of the NASA engineers described it as pushing outwards rather than just pushing straight down, which is another reason why there's no dust on the lander because it would have pushed everything out in theory, but they don't believe that in terms of the- well, I also heard another thing that said that moon dust is so fine that it's like really sticky. It like gets stuck on everything. And I heard that they had a problem with that like on their suits and um, inside, the, inside the lander is that shit does not come off. And also there's no wind to blow it off. So it should yes. have just kind of like settled back down and been stuck all over everything, but it's not. So if there's no wind on the moon, which there is not, right? There is not, there's no atmosphere. Yeah, so there's nothing to hold anything in. Um, it's just space around mm -hmm. them, the whole vacuum of space. So when they get out of the rocket, they put the American flag in the ground. And once they put it in the ground and like leave it, it waves like it's being blown in the wind. Yeah. So like, if this wasn't faked, then why is it moving? Like why that, why the flag move like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is one of those things um, where like what you see is you see the astronaut twisting the flag, right? He's twisting the flagpole to get it in. Uh, I think it's Armstrong that's doing it, isn't it? Pretty sure, uh, but you you see him twisting, and then once he lets go, the flag keeps going. It's and a weird little like they have it on like an L thing, because like they have a your regular flagpole, and then there's like a, a bar on, on the top, top just to probably just up. to make it like oh look it's well in theory flag. it's to hold it up because there's no wind up there. It's part of the yeah. way to hold it up because there's no wind. Um, but what conspiracy theorists claim here is that what it looks like is it looks like someone forgot to turn off the air conditioning on a studio set. Or because studio lights are so hot that uh, they had turned on the air conditioning and hadn't thought about the effect that it would have on objects. There was this video that we watched that was really funny because they did like one of those reenactment things, like here's what it looked like or whatever. And the, so they showed them putting it, putting the flag in the moon, and then like in the background there's some asshole with a fan just like trying to cool <laughs> off the set. <laughs> It's like my favorite thing. It's like, oh, that's why the flag is moving because some dipshit blew a fan all over some the fucking Some idiot set. PA just holding a fan. 
so dumb. Yeah. I love, that's something I love about conspiracy theories in general is usually when they're talking about like, oh, that's weird. I bet you it happened like this. It's always the most extreme version. It's always some guy holding a fan over his head to like make the flag move. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It's never just like they turn on the air conditioning, which is no. That was that was what you said, but that was fucking stupid. It was clearly some PA with a fan, yeah, exactly. trying to keep the astronauts from burning in their costumes. Yeah. Um, anything else on the flag? Uh, well, so there's another thing with the flag. Actually, uh, one of the biggest problems that a lot of people have with the flag right now is that oh, they haven't taken a picture of it in forever. The the last picture we got of the flag on the moon is like. NASA put it out as this is proof of the flag. It's a bunch of dots and pixels. Like I won't even lie on this one. It's, it's just this one, NASA tried to put out evidence that they have the flag. It, it doesn't look any different than like an eight bit video game, honestly. And I can see what they're saying. I don't know. Have you seen the picture of like the most recent one taken from 31 miles out or something like that? Um, Yeah. I think I know the one you're thinking of. Um, It's, yeah, it's very grainy. It's very grainy. And it's it's weird, or it's noisy, I guess, in this case. It's very oddly pixelized. It's it's black and white. All there is is a black speck, and then another lighter black speck that they're like, shadow. They say flag, shadow. And then they're like, mm-hmm. lunar module. And to be fair, to me, what this reminds me of, but in the opposite case, because this time it's NASA, is this is super weird in the way that it it's like when people say that there are aliens on Mars in the rover pictures and they're like, this proves it. And NASA goes, no, those are just pixels. This is the same thing that we're finding here is it just looks like pixels. Yeah. The, the flag is like the imagination that people usually have of like random shit on planets that rovers take pictures of. Oh. But like something I wanted to bring up too with that is like um, we have pictures that a satellite has taken of like the rover and you can clearly tell that it's a rover on the moon, but you can see the little antenna and like it's little wheels and you can like differentiate the details, but like we can't take a fucking picture of a flag. Well, and that's the thing here is originally I thought, okay, NASA says they just can't get a picture of the flag. That's fine. I would think that we have cameras that can take pictures clearly of things 31 miles away, which is what NASA claims the distance is. I would think we have that just from doing photography. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, Well, if this was the, if we're talking about the Apollo 11 landing site, one thing that I had read was that uh, NASA claims that the flag was knocked over when they lifted off because they had, they had placed it too close. Well, Mm. then they're claiming something different now. Uh, Now they say that it's up, right? Because they claim that it's up. Well, there's other people that went to the moon after, supposedly. There are other people that went to the moon after, and they probably would have put it up right. Yeah, in, Nash, in NASA's <laughs> little fictional novel. The, the what I read is that they say it's up now, and when you look at the picture, the reason why you can see the the extending shadow is because the flag is still up. Um, but they say that Hubble, the the Hubble telescopes, everyone says you use Hubble to take a picture of it. They say Hubble cannot take a picture of it. They say it's not powerful enough to do it, which is weird. <laughs> That's that's not exactly. Um, it's sort of like the same reason you wouldn't take a picture of a flower with a telephoto lens unless you were like very far away. The Hubble is designed for much further distances. That's what I thought too. I accepted their answer 
until I found a Hubble photo from NASA, from their site, of the rover on the moon. That's what I, that's what I was just talking right. about. Right, which is the problem. Picture. That's the problem here. You can here. see all the detail of the rover. Yep. And yet, the, that was taken with the Hubble, supposedly. And we can't take a clear photo of the flag. Right. Which is kind of weird. And the... Oh. The rover, I mean, like, you're seeing detail on it that is n- absolutely no bigger than the flag. Like, I mean, it's it's got to be the same size. Like, you're seeing you poles. You see the little antennas it. on it. Right. It's, so that is one of those things where NASA's claiming one thing, but then they have archived photos of other things, which is a problem. And, again, that maybe, the, maybe they marked it incorrectly. Maybe it's not actually from Hubble. But also, also, if you can get a picture of the rover with anything, then you can also get a picture of the flag. They're just choosing not to at that point, which is what a lot of because people are saying. Because it's not really there. Because it's not really <laughs> there. Uh, speaking of photos. Speaking of photos. I want to bring up the cameras that they used on the moon. Okay. Think about it. Okay. This was the 1960s, late 1960s. Um, computers were still the size of rooms. Digitization was not really all that great. Uh, we were still using film, and film is incredibly delicate. And what is space full of? Radiation. Yeah. That fucking ruins film, okay? This just doesn't make any sense to me. It's because what I read, they used a newsroom camera, and it was just painted silver with a, like a protective body built around it. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a scientist. I tried to look up a bunch of stuff about like the insulation properties of silver and like, does it protect against radiation? Why would they just paint a camera silver? What did they do to the lens that made it different? I mean, like I really couldn't find any answers, um, but I just don't really feel like silver is impenetrable, impen- impenetrable. <laughs> By radiation. I can talk, I swear. Um, And I know that they use silver probably because it has a relatively high melting point. And I think I found that the moon at its hottest is like 250-ish degrees Fahrenheit. So like in in theory, it wouldn't melt the the silver. But anyway, I guess what I'm trying to like get around to is I don't really know the exact science, but I don't feel like it would have not ruined the film. Yeah, that's true. There's like... um... To use a different example, I know like uh, during the Chernobyl incident, a bunch of people tried to take pictures and they all turned out to just be a gray fog because mm-hmm. the way that um, film works is it captures light, which is a kind of radiation. So basically it's just being bombarded. So it just looks like a big uh, blank space. Yeah. And film that comes in contact with enough radiation, like you said, just ends up with lots of fog, like high noise and high shadows, which means basically anything they brought back from space probably should look like fucking nothing. Or like almost like indistinguishable, like what's in the picture, it's just blobs and fog. And the film problem to me is actually one of the, in terms of all the conspiracy theories that we're gonna go over, because there's still plenty to go over, uh, (laughs) the film problem for me is one of the biggest, because everything they used was film. Uh, There wasn't anything digital to use, so, they had to use film. Sending film through radiation alone is a dangerous idea because you're going to ruin it. You should have ruined it in theory. And second, the 
extremes in temperature. That's a huge problem as well. And they said they used the silver to help with the extremes of temperature, but I have trouble believing that painted silver on a camera is going to insulate differences in 200 degrees. Well, like I said too, like what did, did they do anything different to the lens? Cause that theoretically is clear. I mean, you can paint the body silver all you want, but the thing that's actually taking in the light is what really matters for the exposure of the film. They had a specially designed lens. They had a specially designed camera um, mm-hmm. by Jan Lud- let's see, Lundberg, by Jan Lundberg. Yeah. Uh, he created a specialized camera. He worked very closely with NASA uh, and they used a Hasselback for this. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, but the biggest problem is when you have different extremes in temperatures, for instance, film should really be kept around 50 degrees, right? You don't really want to get any hotter. You don't really want to get any colder. There's a range, but 50 degrees is going to be stable. Anything outside of that, you're already risking damaging the film in the first place. Uh, and then add in radiation to that and you should just have damaged film in reality. I mean, that's that. I mean, it's one of the biggest things and I, it's hard to find. We'll go into kind of like what theories work and what theories don't in this whole you know, mess of conspiracy theories. But one of the ones that I think kind of seems to be the most problematic is definitely the film. It's the idea of using it. It is the idea of how the pictures look, especially the high definition retouched photos, which are insanely nice. Okay, wait. So I just thought about this again. <laughs> so they had a camera for filming things and they had a camera for taking pictures, right? Were they both modified the same way? They had, uh, they had, so the, the film cameras were attached to the side of the uh, module. They had uh, shell casings that then contained the camera. And the whole idea was to keep the camera separate from the shell casing walls. They thought that would be enough protection for the film. Um, um. Yes, and there was also, this is something we'll get in more into later. The thing that they specifically did to both of them is they treated the um, film with a special emulsion that they actually had to make up. That, that I, I think they used two different cameras, but the same kind of film that they invented. Yeah. Okay, so they modified the film too. They modified the film. They paint silver on the edges so that the static electricity doesn't harm it when they're actually uh, on like the when moon. It's really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the the biggest problem with this though is that so another thing to add to the conspiracy theory with the film is NASA did a test on film in space in 1995, and they wanted to see different types of film, different types of treated film to see how all of them reacted. Uh, going through the entire thing, they, they used multiple different methods. One of the biggest methods that they used that they thought would protect the film uh, was a lead-lined bag, right? Because usually lead would keep out the radiation. And this was strictly mostly a radiation test more than anything else. Um, and what they found was that the lead-lined bag did nothing for everything except for one type of film, which is escaping me right now, uh, but it only helped that film at a maximum of 4% uh, decrease radiation, which is not much at all. And it said the, they said the film was still damaged. But what all of their findings came to was that the film was damaged no matter what. No matter what they treated it with, no matter what they put it in, their film was damaged. And this is from 1995 from the same people that put the men on the moon. 
and it's their own test. It's not modified by anyone else. I got it from their site. Uh, and you put in the notes, hashtag worthless. Hashtag worthless. <laughs> because this is an unfortunate test for me because it shows the problems with film and space. Now it is possible, I guess, that they got lucky and that it didn't necessarily deteriorate like it could have. Well, something that I think is really weird is if you look at the video footage, it is like really fucky. Like it's pretty bad quality even for the time. Like the like the footage of it actually like landing from the ship, like the cameras that were on the ship. Yeah. Right? But then like the quality of the pictures that the astronauts took are like significantly better. Which is weird. Um I think it's the there's like pictures that the astronauts took of each other that are like perfect. Yeah. Um and you can't really touch up something that would have as much noise that a radiated roll of film would have on it. But it looks great. <laughs> yeah. Which yes, and implies, another thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say which implies that it was probably shot in the studio. Ah. <laughs> Um, another thing that I had read, um, which I thought was a really interesting point, is uh, uh, you can see it's a picture of uh, Neil Armstrong taken by Buzz Aldrin, but you can see Buzz Aldrin in Neil Armstrong's yeah. visor, and you don't see him holding a camera. That's, that's another conspiracy too, point. Because that one is like really well colored, right? Is that yes, the one where it's, it's like really close perfect. up? Yeah. yeah. It looks like too perfect like if it looked as grainy and horrible as the video footage then i would probably believe it a little more well and like the video footage part of it is because it's being live broadcast too which we'll get into kind of what how that works because that's also i don't understand the live broadcast thing somebody fucking explain how the fuck we live broadcast from the moon it's a whole nother well let's talk about it well i was going to talk about the. i was going to continue talking about the cameras but i'm confused about the live broadcast (laughs) What is the delay of radio waves in space? Um, well, it would be the speed of light. So only a few seconds. Okay. I thought it was four seconds, I think is what they were saying, was supposed to be the delay between Armstrong communicating with NASA. Was a four second just, delay. So how would we... I don't know. That's, the, that just fucks with my the mind. The truth dude. is... How is the that, fuck did we get film footage live broadcast back to Earth? Go look at a live broadcast football game in the 60s and then go look at the live broadcast of the moon. It's unfortunately similar when it shouldn't be really, when you really think about it, because they, they broadcast from the moon to a, to a relay station and to mission control. It went to two separate places. Uh, mission control controlled the relay station. They controlled what everyone saw. And then from the relay station they had a camera pointed at a monitor that was getting the information and then that camera sent all the information out to everybody's TVs. Which makes the quality even more sucky. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. And the quality was very good considering that it was coming from- you can't see shit. Another world, basically, and it was But maybe that's the conspiracy. You can't see shit because they don't want you to see the detail <laughs> of that this is, this is a, a film set that they pre-recorded and broadcast. And that, that is one thing that a man named Bill, uh, Bill is it Bill Casing? I think so. Bill is Casing. It? Yeah, I know you don't like Casing. We'll, we'll get into Casing. We're not I gonna feel get like into we should yet. do a compilation of Robert rolling his eyes. 
<laughs> uh, casing is someone who very much a part of he he's someone who's very important in the hoax uh, world for the moon landing. Uh, we're we gonna get into him in the next episode. Oh. Uh, but he oh, so we're differentiating what goes in which episode now. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he part of the reason why he started with the whole moon landing is a hoax thing was because the footage was so bad he felt like they were intentionally trying to hide what was going on. So that is part of it. Um, but anyway, going back going back into the cameras, let's let's finish off the cameras for this one. And I think we I'm have sorry, I'm just very a whole confused. bunch of stuff we can move into. Uh, I'll, we'll, I want to talk about shadows more in the next one, uh, but I want to talk about the problem, because there's a lot that goes into the shadows, but I want to talk about the problem with the photos again, because outside of everything that's going on, you have photos that are not only really clear, which makes sense, they practiced with these cameras for months. I mean, I will say that. They practiced with the cameras, they practiced holding them like this, they knew they weren't going to have a viewfinder, they knew that they were going to have to adjust manually without being able to see what was going on. And all of the pictures have been released since, and a lot of them are blurry. They're not perfect. But, but the photos that are perfect are way too perfect. And they're way too perfect in a sense of lighting. And that is another, that's another thing where the conspiracy theorists say this proves that it was shot on a set because uh, one of the most famous ones for conspiracy theorists is, I think it's, it might be Aldrin coming out of the space shuttle, um, but it's one of the two climbing down the ladder, right? And he's in full shadow. However, and like right behind the lander, he's in full shadow. However, the side that's facing the camera is perfectly lit. Meanwhile, if you look, the degradation of shadows, you can obviously tell that the side the camera is not on is not perfectly lit. It is very much in shadow. So one of the problems here is every time the astronauts are facing one direction or another towards the camera, as long as they're facing towards the camera, the front or the side that's facing is always perfectly lit, which is odd. Um, and it kind of implies like a spotlight. It implies a spotlight. Like it implies a flash. It implies studio lighting. And even, uh, what is his name? I, get, I lost his name again. Uh, we are so bad with names. In we this are episode. so bad with names. <laughs> Jan Lundberg, uh, he was actually shown the photos from the moon. He hadn't seen all of them. Um, but he was shown a lot of the newer touched up ones. And he was staring at them in this interview. And he's looking, he's flipping through. And he's like, I don't know how they would look like this. And he's like, it looks, he said specifically quoted, it looks like they're being lit by a spotlight. And he said he can't explain why they're perfectly lit. I know you have a response to that, but... I'm saving it. I'm saving it. Robert looks like he's about to explode. But <laughs> the problem that I have is not that they're well lit. The problem that I have is that the part that's well lit and the, part, the problem that a lot of conspiracy theorists have is the part that's well lit is the side facing the camera no matter what. If you look at white. every photo, it you can't. It's so hard to find any photo where they're facing the camera and they're shadowed out, regardless of what direction they're standing. Um, and that's not to say that they're not shaded in other areas. They are absolutely shaded in other areas. Like I said, him getting down on the ladder, the side of his body is very much in full light. However, you look at his back and you can see the shadows are now pulling away from his back. And the other side, which should be in the same light, is no longer fully lit, it's in shadows, but it gives you that perfect lighting. 
Um, there is more to talk about with that. We'll talk more about it. I know there's more to talk about. But it is another thing that conspiracy cl- theorists claim is inconsistent. Um, and again, with uh, Yan himself looking at that uh, and saying that like he doesn't understand how it could be lit as well as it is with the camera that he created is something else that pushes conspiracy theorists to further believe what's going on uh, is not true because you have the man who created the cameras who worked with NASA until they sent them up to the moon um, who knows every last detail of them. So it, it's one of those problems. Uh, okay, so one of the things uh, that conspiracy theorists point to in these pictures is that the shadows are wrong. They're either too deep or too black or not deep and not black enough uh, or that they are not parallel because the idea is if there's one source of light, the sun, then the all of the shadows will be pointing in the exact same direction. Right. Yep. Yep. The shadows are wrong. They don't the make any sense. Wrong. Just to go along with the the lighting thing here is yep. there but I feel like this also kind of contradicts the other thing we were just talking about because people are talking about using spotlights, but then it this would imply that there's multiple light sources, right? So I mean which is it? This is another thing where there's a lot of contradictory evidence. What do you mean? Well, we were talking about how the lighting's really perfect because there's only lighting on like one side, right? Well, the way you create perfect lighting is not with one light on one side. You'd have to exactly. edge lighting in there too. So oh. that would so explain So we are implying the that there's more than one light source. Oh, okay. So that would be why that the shadows are fucky. Yeah. So the shadows would be pointing every which way because they're on a studio and Stanley Kubrick is directing, which... I would just like to say real quick, I know we're waiting to debunk things. I think we can go ahead and debunk Stanley Kubrick directed this. No, I, he he wouldn't. That's that's what I that's what I think too. Is he's too much of a dick? That, I don't even think that one makes any sense. I think it's just like the first person people thought of because he's also ha- he also happens to be dead. So I think it just works. <laughs> but well, and he made a space movie. And he made time. he made one of the most important space movies ever made. But the truth is, is that. If Stanley Kubrick had directed it, it probably wouldn't look like that. I don't see him mounting cameras on anything and just letting it, just letting it go. Can I point out also, by the way, Cam made me watch a mockumentary and claimed that it was a very important documentary in this conspiracy theory. Yeah. Just to find out at the end that he was wrong and it was a fake documentary making fun of it. it so we took all these fucking notes and it wasn't even real information. Some of it was real information, though. It was... What they did is they they, they interviewed shit together from other interviews. Well, what, no, what they did is what they what they did for this mockumentary is they wanted to lead people astray with some of the information. So they they recorded fifty uh, percent of their interviews were real, fifty percent of their interviews were scripted, uh, and they did real interviews with like Buzz Aldrin. They did a real interview with his wife. They did a real interview with uh, Stanley Kubrick's wife, who does believe Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Uh, and Stanley Kubrick's brother as well, who also believes that the moon landing was right. And they had people that were actually like in the government in there, like uh, Kissinger talked in this, and uh, just some other people from like the CIA and some heads from NASA and stuff. And yeah. so I'm like watching this, like, wow, shit! Like these people are like into it. Like they're totally saying like. Nixon knew the whole time and they had meetings with Nixon about it. And then we just find out that it's a fake documentary that the French made and none of it even fucking matters. Except for the fact that also Kissinger and their, and their interviews were real, but they were from a different documentary. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing. (laughs) 
But anyway, oh, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a uh, I've seen a few things where they'll like take things from other interviews out of context. They will give people lines to read, thinking that it's for something fictional, but they're playing it off as real. I don't remember what it was for, but like Kate Mulgrew got caught in that where she narrated some bullshit conspiracy thing thinking that it was just like a voice acting gig. Yeah. People do that. Yeah. I thought it's we actually- We had government officials doing this shit. It's actually pretty well done. There's still a few things in there that are actually kind of weird and creepy because like Buzz Aldrin's wife talking about how he handled everything is sad because oh. they, they, they talk about in there how he met Richard Nixon and like he knew like that they had recorded a death video. So he's going to space thinking he's basically gonna die. And it leads to his alcoholism and his violence, and it's a whole yeah. I just wanted to issue. mention Kim's dumb and but wasted an hour and a half. Of anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Stanley Kubrick. I don't think Stan, I think that one's just ridiculous. I don't think Stanley Kubrick would have directed it. I don't think it would have made sense to put a high-profile director on something like this if you're gonna fake it. And also, Stanley Kubrick is a douche, and if he felt like talking about it, he would. <laughs> yeah, Stanley Kubrick yeah. is also not the kind of human being that's gonna. He's just not gonna say yes. He's gonna laugh and say no. And then forget yeah, about exactly. it. That's honestly what he's going to do. Um, and so many people point to like, oh, but how did they get the, how did the moon look so real in 2001? It's like, we invented telescopes way long ago. We know what the moon looks like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so the shadows, they move every which way. Uh, and it's because of the studio lighting, right? In terms of conspiracy theorists, uh, they have multiple lights set up. Therefore, the shadows are moving. Uh, there's a dipshit with a fan ruining everything else. There's a dipshit with a fan ruining everything else. There's a rock with the letter C on it. That's one of my favorites. What? So. Oh, oh. right. Yeah. Oh, the, the set mistakes. One of the biggest claims to fame that the conspiracy like theorists have. Is a pretty standard shape. Is that the rock has. Now, there's a lot of things that go into this for me. Is like, I looked at, like, we talk about on the show, I'm a skeptic, Ali's a skeptic. We've we've been skeptics and multiple conspiracies and things like that. That we doesn't are mean presenting there you our research. That doesn't mean there aren't <laughs> things to, that aren't worth like there are things that are still worth noting though. And I think the Sea Rock is one of those that's worth noting. Why? Uh, I think it's worth noting because of how NASA reacted to this thing. They mm. reacted to it in a way that almost seems just like like re like a reason for them to be accused of hiding evidence because. People found, what, what the Sea Rock is, let me, for people who don't know, is in one of the shots, there's a picture of um, a rock in the bottom corner and it has the letter C on it. Well, people assume that because it was filmed on a set that you have rocks labeled. You have rocks labeled A, rocks labeled B, rocks labeled C. I've worked on film sets, I've never seen that, but whatever. Uh, they they want to say that that's how it's labeled. I do know you can label props. I've seen, I have seen props labeled, I guess, but just it's rare that you see it. But what they're saying is someone forgot to turn that the correct way and got caught on camera with all these little details that everybody's trying to do. Uh, well, NASA sees this and they claim two things. They say it is either a lens malfunction or later malfunction. they come back in and they say that it's actually just something that is on the frame. So that opens up another question for people, which oh, is, is that the thing that what would be out? on the frame? Yeah. But that's what I'm getting into is that's another question people ask is what would be on the frame for one, which they couldn't answer. Uh, they said it was a strand of something most likely. That's like what they said. They didn't ever give a direct response to it. Um, but they then airbrushed it out of photos later. 
which is an odd reaction for me to have to something that really is so trivial. I get it. It's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you're if you're telling the truth, then covering it up doesn't really make you seem like you're telling the truth. Right. Yeah. And they're literally physically covering it up. And they didn't announce that they airbrushed it. They just, they released photos again later and they airbrushed it in later photos, which is just, it's weird. Suspicious. It's, it's suspicious. It's a weird <laughs> thing to do. It's, it's one of those things where you're looking at it and it doesn't prove the moon landings a fake. It doesn't prove that the moon landing's real. It doesn't prove anything. It's a strand on a damn There's rock. A rock with the sea on it. <laughs> it's such a weird argument. It's fake for both of them to have. And that's how childish this thing gets to me at some points is like the, <laughs> both sides become so childish this that one just... side's like it's a C and the other side's like it's not there anymore. Robert, tell me yes. about this repeating mountain thing. Oh, right. Um, about an- it. Another thing um, that I read was people pointing to like, oh my God, look in the background, there's a mountain. And then in this other different picture, slightly to the left, that same mountain is in the background. This, to me, I, I only put it in there because I saw it as, like, this is an evidence of this being on a set. Like, they just sort of moved things around. But it's just so clearly the same mountain. Like, they just took a few steps to the left. I'm not even trying to debunk this one. It's just such a bizarre, like, So it's, like, not even make. really that much over is what you're saying. Like, yeah. kind of scooch it over and it's the same mountain. No, I saw... Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw That's that. That's really dumb. I saw another one. I don't know if you saw this one or not, um, where they talk about how the space shuttle is there and then it's just gone, right? And they did an overlay on the two pictures. And the two pictures, if they're not the same mountain, then they are very nearly identical. Uh, they overlay the two pictures. And if you look, the lander's not in one but it is in the other. And the only difference in framing is up like two inches. And it's not enough to take out the lander because it's still from the same distance. So it's one of those things where conspiracy theorists are like, why is there a lunar lander there and not a lunar lander there? It flew away. That would be unfortunate (laughs) if the base flew away too. That's- (laughs) It was like, we're done with this. The rockets just shot straight through everything and just took everything back. But, that was, I thought there would be more to that. <laughs> I do agree though, you you can, like not trying to debunk it even, you can just move a camera slightly to the left and change everything with it still being the same photo. Yeah. You can, or you can not. Or you can not, and I will say that like when they overlaid the two images, it made me a little suspicious. It is a weird shot. It almost, it, instead of making me wonder though, I will say like, instead of making me wonder whether or not they, they took out the lunar lander and forgot that they had already photographed these mountains, which I don't really see happening on a production anyway. Um, especially well, not one that's a $30 billion production. Um, <laughs> but in reality, what I can see NASA doing is airbrushing it out just to get the photo. I, I know NASA's retouched, retouched a lot of these photos and I know that they've airbrushed other things out. It almost makes me wonder if they just airbrushed it out just to get a shot of the mountains without the lander and they just didn't tell anyone that's what they did. Yeah, that's fair. That's it, it's something that um, NASA does a lot in a way that kind of bothers me. Like uh all, like all of the Hubble telescope photos are all like the colors are like they, they upped the saturation a lot to yeah. make it look prettier, yeah. which I always felt a little weird about why do that? Yeah. 
especially for like research purposes right like who fucking cares if it's pink and purple like yeah we're just trying to look at a galaxy man i think nasa's history of retouching photos is a little bit again suspicious a little <laughs> bit uh welcome to conspiracy what the suspicious the suspicious suspicious podcast suspicious. <laughs> uh but i i i think that's another one where I think you could explain it that way. I don't have a direct explanation. We'll get into explanations later as well. But I just, I do think the mountain one is kind of a funny one. It's an mm-hmm. interesting. That's it's, such a dumb little point. It's such a good find though. At the same time, <laughs> it's a weird thing to find. It's the not just like in, in your the background. <laughs> like someone had to scroll through thousands of photos and be like, different, different, di- wait, <laughs> same. <laughs> I saw this one 300 <laughs> photos ago. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I commend the conspiracy theorists that waste this much time on these things. Oh, yeah. I, however, will not. It's not a waste if you find out it's true. MK Ultra. I just want to say that. It's not yes. a waste. That is, so, that is your, your point for fucking everything. Because MK Ultra is terrifying. We'll do an episode of it. Yeah, I think that's like the main. Oh, there's one more thing. So let's talk about real quick before we end this episode. We're going to move on to the next episode. The next episode, we got a whole bunch more to talk about. Um, let's talk about real quick the the lack of a flame from the upper stage of the lander when it takes off again, right? So Science right, tell us about that. Science um, us. <laughs> so it's uh, important for this to realize that the um, that what landed on the moon was actually two pieces. There's an upper stage and a lower stage. And what happened was the lower stage had a bunch of their gear and equipment and also held a lot of the fuel that they needed to get back down. Um, so instead of lugging all that dead weight up with them, they launched off the uh, top part. It's not the command module. I'm, I'm blanking on what the, the upper stage is actually called. But, the cookie uh, what, crust, like an Oreo. but what conspiracy theorists say points to the fact that this was all faked was that there was no flame uh coming out of the uh exhaust of the upper stage right it just awkwardly pops off when you watch the video it does i don't know if you've seen it recently or not or if you've seen it uh it, it does look awkward like, I think there's a space. lot of reasons why it looks awkward. Um, but one of the things that looks awkward to conspiracy theorists is there's this explosion of sparks and then it just kind of drifts off like half a second later, it just drifts off to the side, which is, it's like I, up at this slight diagonal. I heard some asshole in the video talking about how it looks weird because it looks as if it's being pulled by a cable. Yeah, being pulled by like fishing wire where they just yoink that thing right up and to to be fair it does look like like you look at old like 40s 50s films how they used to lift up their spaceships how they would just like literally pull them along it does kind of look like that like i'm not gonna lie it looks weird it looks kind of funky that doesn't make it fake but it does look funky wait if they were taking off yeah who's recording them (laughs) i can't Believe I didn't Holy think about shit. that. <laughs> what? Huh. I have considered this the whole time. Who recorded That's, the takeoff? I mean, I feel like the answer is going to be they left behind a camera, but that's that's actually a very good point. Wow. But they disconnected a camera from 
the but like nobody ever said they left a camera on the moon because then shouldn't they be getting footage regularly until it dies isn't the relay coming from the ship itself uh yeah i think he's furiously googling this that's I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay what I'm, gonna, for an what I'm gonna say while he's looking is what i would assume here we usually oh we're, yeah yeah, I would assume they pulled off the camera and used the relay from the module. Yes, exactly. It was connected to the the bottom stage, the descent stage, okay. which relayed it up to the command module, which that is what was orbiting. It's For a second question. there, I was really like, oh my god, wait, was this faked? <laughs> Whoa! We almost got it! That's a moment where you're just like, <laughs> my whole life is a lie. <laughs> Yeah, it's just when you ask a simple question, you're like, I don't know the answer to that. What else don't I know the answer to? Well, I think that's as good as as good a place as any to leave us for this episode. Uh, it's almost blowing our own minds here. Yeah, so that's that's every that's everything so far. There is more. Part one. Uh, that is part one. There are still things to talk about with inconsistencies on the moon and. Uh, what people have done to try and prove that it's fake. We've got some, we've got some actual people that are kind of the important people at the forefront of why this is fake. The pawns. Uh, gonna talk about some, the, some of the pawns, some of the bonds. Uh, we're gonna bonds. talk about, yeah, like James Bond. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about all of that and more and get into why this may or may not be real at the end and why things may or may not work. We can listen to Robbie's science corner again. Robbie, you Rob, see the faces he's been what, making this What is time. your name? Rob, Rob, Robert, Robert Tolley. Robert Tolley. Robert Tolley. I was thinking of the spaghetti sauce. Um, so that's, that's all we have. Uh, I've been Cameron. I hope so. Yeah, like usual. And will continue to be Cameron. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, I'm still Allie for now. Right. Um, also, we didn't talk about social media, by the way. Right. Follow us on social media in case you forgot that we exist. Uh, we'll remind you that we exist. Right. Um, except for Robert, since he doesn't have any social media. Like, I'm I don't believe in it. I think it's just a big hoax. Twitter doesn't exist. You say Twitter doesn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said it the right way. I said the right one. I'm not going to say it again. That's Robert. <laughs> That's Thanks Robert. for being on the show again, Robert. He's going to be back for the next episode. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Uh, but yeah, also, if you haven't, and you should now because this episode's over, go listen to Attack of the 15th podcast where we riff on our favorite films that are hopefully some of your favorite films as well. They're all bad and Odyssey. great. Space Odyssey's a good film. But we shouldn't <laughs> do Space Odyssey. We could do another space film, though. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, this has been Conspiracy Say What. Everybody remember to stay stitches and thank you for listening. Conspiracy Say Goodbye. <laughs> Conspiracy Say Goodbye. This is not a podcast.